They're is still, that Corvo's mask? They're really sturdy. Yeah. Yes. We got a couple of those. We actually have a third somewhere. <laughs> Do you just walk into the apartment wearing that when you get home? I think I will. Patricia. Actually. Hi, honey. Give me a kiss. <laughs> <laughs> she just says, "Oh, nice mask." We got a podcast like this. Okay, story. I did part of an episode on the Corvo mask. It sounds bad. I can see how it would. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I won't actually do this. It's shocking. I'm used to it. Just keep it on for a little while, The thing though. is, I don't think... Oh, God. Hmm? I don't think the Corvo mask is supposed to look so much like a Terminator. I might run home in this. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. The perfect recipe for never getting mugged. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if I saw you in a... You had to wear, like, a black t-shirt, though. Running wearing yeah. that mask? Yeah, because I'm wearing nope. this like hat. No, we're leave hell Basically, you'd be running, and there would just be like a trail Wide of coins space. and bones <laughs> and wallets that people just throw just guns <laughs> as they pass. Yeah, that just might work. Gangsters just dumping their. Oh no 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 no! Fuck Our that! No there. no, we're good. <laughs> Crime just goes down ninety five percent. Why? This Why along this one? Once all the runners in the city started wearing replica Corvo masks, <laughs> the city cleaned itself up pretty fast. <laughs> one oh of God. them is a murderer. <laughs> Only one, one of them though. actually did what? kill the fucking person at the beginning of the game that Corvo gets framed for killing. Oh, that's right. What a d- the Empress? video games? Yeah, the Empress has been killed, and I need to clear my name by killing all. I guess you can stealth it, so whatever. You know, yeah, but you you wanted to be able to press E and go. I did not. I didn't do it. Didn't do it. Sorry, guys. It wasn't me. Here's it was my... an assassin. We live in a world where people can disappear and appear magically. I have a... <laughs> so maybe that's what happened. My alibi is not being able to do that yet. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> See, I'm trying right now. Yeah, Corvo has the perfect alibi. <laughs> the serial podcast of Corvo. Is yeah. <laughs> the Empress's murder. <laughs> you clearly blinked that it killed someone and disappeared. Uh, oh, check out my, my skill tree, bro. Yeah, I can't do <laughs> Take that. a look. <laughs> No, it was obviously an assassin. That's their that's their thing in this in fucking dishonored world. Exhibit A. <laughs> Exhibit A, I can just move around. I, play, I was all I can do is play hide and seek with a kid right now. That's it. This is an inmate calling from the like what a whale oil penitentiary. Gross whale world. Yep. Gross whale world. Dishonored Maryland correctional. <laughs> Done Baltimore. Done Baltimore. Shit. me it's me uh, mario a grumpy fucker whatever well we had to talk about old man mario it's january 14th 2015 this is idle thumbs 193 i'm chris remo i'm sean vanneman i'm danielle riendo i'm nick brecken that's really confusing for anybody <gasps> no, who's just he's the not. sorry i'm jake rodkin i'm not nick brecken he was here last week how was he did he look well yeah. He's doing okay, yeah. I always kind of worry about Nick Brecken, you everyone, know what I mean? Everyone does. Everybody does, yeah. Just, I just want to know he's well. He's doing well. Yeah. That's good. 
How is Disney World? Oh my god, it was great. So Danielle, how is Disney World? <laughs> Disney World was great. Wow. I had a lot of fun. <laughs> I was there for a week and it was my girlfriend's very first time at any Disney park ever. Your infinite time. Yes, this is my eighty second <laughs> time or something See, like that. <laughs> on the chart of how many times has the average person in the world been to Disney World on the bell curve of that, you guys were at the opposite. I'm the, way the full at the extremes. Yes. <laughs> yes, it's the beginning very true. and the exactly, absolute yeah. end. <laughs> it's very like if Walt true. Disney was alive, he would walk in and be like, "It's more than I've been there." <laughs> that's, that's well, it's definitely possible. more than he's been there, probably. Right? Well, Disney World. Yeah. Did he, he die? He died. He only kind of uh, was in the plane surveying the land, basically. Yeah, so yeah. if you want to count that, and then as he died. Been. And then he died. An alligator ate him while he was surveying yes. those lands. <laughs> it was a really while he was on the Jungle Cruise. He was a flying alligator, and it was a problem. I did go on the Jungle cruise and it's special for christmas i don't know if you've ever been on the jingle cruise i heard it's bad bad. i mean the jungle cruise is bad it's bad in the same way that the jungle cruise is bad i've been on the jingle cruise it's the jungle cruise but with slightly different puns there's not even like decorations it's not worth it don't oh no there are different decorations there's there's some little christmas lights up here it's mostly christmas lights yes you could put little santa hats on the monkeys there were santa hats there was a santa hat on the guy with the heads okay so I like you know, that story. How did how did uh, Patricia f- like all of this? I think she liked it. And I, I was actually really worried. I, I, I ditched really her worried. on all my favorite rides. <laughs> <laughs> I left her for dead in the Jungle Cruise. I don't know. She fell in. Uh, no. I believe she had a really good time. I was worried at first because we had gone to Universal for Halloween Horror Nights this year. And she was kind of like, well, this is fun, but it's really crowded. And, and, you know, she's not done the whole theme park thing. She's not been indoctrinated the way I was yeah. to deal she with hasn't crowds and lines. She herself into, exactly. into only loving this above all things. And just suffering for your entertainment, basically. And we went to Universal first, and we saw the new Harry Potter land. Oh, how there was There are that? now two Harry Potter lands. It's oh. great. Why there two? Yeah. Well, okay. So there's one in the old park uh, now, the Universal Studios Park, and there's one in Islands of Adventure. The one in Islands of Adventure is Hogsmeade, which is like the castle and the little town around the castle. For sure. I'm into that. Yeah. It's nice. It's very, it's sort of Christmassy themed, actually. There's fake snow everywhere and everything like that. Um, the new one is Diagon Alley. Which I've is, heard that's cool. It's great. Yeah. It's it's really awesome. But don't you, you take the train to go between them as well, right? You do. And I did. And it was cute. And there's a little show that plays. There's like, you know, Harry and Hermione and Ron are hanging out outside your window and stuff like that. It's Really? It, you know, it's kind I mean, of like adorable. Human actors? Well, I mean, they're in shadow with the actual, like, voices, basically. So you go Daniel into Daniel Radcliffe just rides on the side of that train. <laughs> but are they robots Every or day. are they people? Well, it's shadow. It's, it's projected like, silhouette. Project- yeah, it's a projected silhouette. It's a movie, Christopher. So it's a robot. It's it's definitely a, a robot. <laughs> no question. It's a if, a, if a digital video projector is a robot, then yes, it's a robot. <laughs> definitely it is a robot. Not. They actually captured robots to get the silhouettes because the actors were unavailable. They built <laughs> amazing robots. They're very lifelike. It's beautiful. There's even a Dementor who comes over and is going to like... Oh, really? Okay, is it so scary? In Harry Potter lore, the Dementors suck Dementors? your happiness. Okay. Yes. Cool. <laughs> it's a big floating cape thing with a skeleton hand that comes yes. out. Oh, actually, it kills your happiness. They're cool. They're like uh, they're like the Nazgul from Lord of the Rings. They look a lot. Sure. They look very similar yeah. to that. I need to say one thing. I know there's a 0% chance you ever read the Harry Potter series, <laughs> but I am going to tell you that I, knowing you... Yeah in your spirit uh-huh. that there is a non there's a decent chance that you would enjoy yourself sure even though you would have to overcome the hurdle of the the 
guilt you would feel for not reading something more important while I, I agree with that. That, that might be true. I'm not, yeah. like, strenuously avoiding it. I didn't, like, if people didn't explicitly, like, act surprised when they learn <laughs> I haven't read Harry Potter, it wouldn't even occur to me that it's, like, a thing that should have intersected with my life. You know I don't I mean? think it should have intersected. No, I'm, I'm just yeah. saying, like, I'm, it's not a, pr- a principled stand. I've never, like, gone out of my way. <laughs> it just literally never even occurred to me to read it. Yeah. I would recommend, um, because it's or a much shorter. Yeah, I, I was actually going to say, it, it, if you ever are planning to be in Orlando for the theme parks, it's actually go, worth watching the, the movies okay, to no, see, do that part. I, this is actually, You'll do the research to go to the theme park? Exactly. No, 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 no. Quite the opposite. I would totally rather, like, aside from whether or not I ever, like, read the books or whatever, like, sure. aside from that, I would totally rather go to the theme park not having seen the movies or read the book because then I could experience uh. it just as, like, a created magical world without – like attaching it sure. to, hmm. I think that would be a really interesting. So that applies experience. to the theme park, but not to watching like a filmic adaptation of a book. Because we talked about Inherent Vice, and you were like, "I am not seeing that movie until I read the book," and you just crammed that book so you saw it before the film. Well, I think it's because well, the book the is actually is I mean, a like, Thomas Pynchon novel. Yeah, well, right. Well, like, yeah, but that it's, has still, a certain it's still not the same thing. Like, to no, I assume that wasn't our conversation, though. No, I don't know. The, I'm not privy. It's so. not really no. Well, it's just I just feel like it's a 90 degree difference. I feel like it's just not the same comparison. Like. What I mean is the thing that I appreciate about Disneyland, for example, is not that it's based on Disney properties. Sure. It's that it's just like a – it's a place with a – it has a strong sense of place and like a lot of craftsmanship goes into it and like yeah. high attention to detail. And I like looking for those little details. And my favorite parts of Disneyland are not the ones that's like Cars Land. It's like sure. just the ones that are just created places. Okay. And that's like, that's totally fair. And that so, makes me actually want for Chris to go experience this and then sort of – report back of what he thinks exactly. the world of Harry Potter amazing. is about. Yeah. I think that would be really interesting. <laughs> like, I would totally love to What do you think the rules of the world of Harry Potter are? Because yeah, you probably don't that even would be know. Fascinating. Like you have no concept of the idea of like well, I saw, are there regular people in Harry Potter? I, I yeah. do now because Sarah showed me the third movie, the Quaron one. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that is a good one. That's what everyone says. Yeah. Yeah. That was sort of like if you were going to experience <laughs> you're gonna the watch sto- one. if you just wanted to experience the stories of Harry Potter. But you didn't enjoy it because you thought it was just the visual supplement to a book that you hadn't read, which I think is true. Yeah, that's how it felt to me. Yeah, that's a still, good visual. There was still no. There was like cool visual stuff on screen for sure, but it felt so plot heavy to the point that I it was like I didn't even feel capable of enjoying it that much yeah. because it was just like scene, 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 plot, 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 sure. plot, 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 which yeah. doesn't make it like a bad translation. It was just I felt. Like I was just watching an island of scene, like just like man. Okay, an ocean so of scenes. We're not talking about any video that. games, but did you, we can talk about the Harry Potter video game? I want GameCube. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> I did want to talk about Inherent Vice for a second, though. Oh yeah, because I've, I don't know what I think of that movie. I've only read like the first twenty percent of Inherent Vice, but my I, ex- only, I only ended up finishing sixty percent of it. <clears throat> okay, but my experience watching the movie was that it felt like it was just a visual supplement to the mm. book. It, I felt that way too. And it that's really why. bothered me. Yeah, I agree. I okay. think it was. I don't think it's a very like. I think it's. P.T. Anderson's least successful movie, and he's like one of my top few yeah. currently working film directors. It feels like the only major deviation from the actual book was introducing that character to take the voice of the narrator. That was a character from the book, but, but she's she not, was changed. Her role was totally changed. Because in the in the book, the narration is the detective. Yeah. Well, More or less. Really it's a narrator, but it blends. Anyway, whatever. Yeah. We don't have to yeah, worry about this. In the weeds. Yeah. I know. Sorry. I, I got to tell anyway, you. There's a movie called time. Inherent Vice that was written and directed by... <laughs> Paul Thomas Anderson adapted from a novel of the same name by Thomas Pynchon, which is set in 
kind of early 1970s Southern California in the wake of the era of love, basically, like the summer of love, mm, basically. Yes. It's like post-hippie kind of decline of this like peace and love, free love movement that sort of in Pynchon style, if you've read like Crying of Lot 49, um, which we did on the Idol Book Club when we used to do that, um, it sort of depicts Southern California generally, but particularly in that era as almost the site of like a looming apocalypse. It's it's a really great hmm. way to depict Southern California, especially if you've lived there, which I have or spent much time there. Um, it's a really like interesting, potent treatment. And the book, it's just suffused in it. And the movie, I didn't think captured it quite. The movie, well. I would <laughs> describe it as the Harry Potter three of Thomas Pynchon <laughs> adaptations. Yeah, it was beautiful. <clears throat> it's funny with P.T. Anderson though, where you basically go to a, see a P.T. Anderson movie and if it's not the best movie you saw that year, you're kind of like, ah, oh, it's okay. <laughs> but this one did feel like just different than all his others. And I think it's because it was adapted. Yeah. This is the first movie that he didn't just write hmm. originally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to see it without watching. I'm going to see it without reading the book. I'll be curious without to hear watching the how, pages of the book. how you follow the plot because it's so confusing. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. by nature. It is in the book too, but it feels different. Anyway, yeah. do, Jesus, do we have any video games to I talk played- about? Played a lot of games. I don't have a ton to talk about, um, but I do want to. You said to... you played a lot, didn't you? Oh, I always. Of course you did. I oh, always yeah. played a I lot played of hours. Games. Oh, yeah? Hours of CSGO. I don't really have a whole lot more to share <laughs> about it, except to relay the experience of a game continuing to get its hooks into you. But I do not. So you're a Counter Strike guy now. No. So Counter Strike Go Day is going to appear. No, because I think <laughs> I have zero interest. And this is coming all the way around from when it. we talked about it the last time and Evan Lottie broke down the, the pro that pro match. Yeah. Those guys are cheaters also. <laughs> we since oh, found no. we're using the hacks. Um, They're so good. I have zero interest in Counter-Strike as a competitive game. It doesn't... Yeah, I find it really hard to watch. I've always found first-person shooters difficult to watch as competitive. Sports. And it doesn't have a level of... I can't. I'm not going to compare the pro scene of something like Dota to Counter Strike. That's not going to be interesting for anyone. Especially since you're not here. immersed in it and like right. don't have. But it just it doesn't. That has no zero. It's just not, it's just not interesting to, to zero appeal to but me. But what did you? What was interesting to you about what you did play? Um, it's just the pace, and it's so it's so fun. It was just incredibly, incredibly fun, and the it's just I'm, a fun uh, game. It's just a fun <laughs> game. But you know what? Actually, started to like <laughs> this is fucked up, and I'm not going to let it happen. But those gun skins started to like slowly creep. Slowly creep. Did you pay five hundred dollars for the all white gun? <laughs> so guys, you will notice the Idle Thumbs bank account has gone down by five hundred dollars. <laughs> but it was so I could talk about it on the podcast. So it felt like a worthy expense. Tax write off. But what I no what I did do was I got my first crate. And I'm like, well, I'm going to buy a key buy for a this key. to Gotta see what happens. To see, just to they see. Have crates and keys in Counter Strike. That's now? the whole thing. Yeah. Counter Strike has, the, yeah, it's just TF2 style. But yeah. you, you just get it's just gun skins, and you can unlock. Well, you can unlock guns. There's not wacky that's hats. Also, that's also the name of my my re, of my gun like skins. high street retail store. Just gun skins. <laughs> that's like you mean your fucking kiosk in the middle of the mall, right next to Just Vape. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we share. We have two different storefronts, but we share a back room. <laughs> um, Makes sense. I think 
it's it was just, you know what it is it's really by the way, sorry just vape is actually the name of an incredibly sketchy retail storefront that used to be right across the street from irrational games there was never Wait, anyone in real? The, yeah this was real <laughs> Uh, Sounds like this crazy. was actually the first time I heard the word. But now vape is everywhere. Yeah, Vaping it's is like, but this was like it's in the parlance. This was five years ago, I guess, and it was before that. It was on the very early That'd side. Be of very this novel. Thing. Yes. Yeah, it was yeah. very novel. And <laughs> the first time I saw that, like this, when the store opened up across the street, <laughs> and I just saw the word "just vape," and I was. <laughs> What is this? And it was the, the creepiest store because it was basically entirely empty inside except for one bar stool oh my in, the, God. in the middle of the, the room. And I never – and it was on the corner. That's so you could just vape, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> they were very serious advertising. All that is offered in this store, one person can just vape. <laughs> I never saw anyone in there. I never saw any customers. I don't even know if I ever saw any staff. It was a weird, and the logo just had those words in like Arial in a, oh, on a God. big sign above the door. And there was, was a command. It actually you you were wearing the they live glasses, and that was the message <laughs> beneath the, the actual sign name, which was just Gunskins. Yes. <laughs> just vape is the name of a very popular Gunskin, by the way. In CSGO. <laughs> <laughs> Pay seven ninety five for just vape. Yeah, it's kind of translucent. It's really nice. <laughs> Smoky. Speaking of, of vaping, what, that is <laughs> yes. markedly sorry, yes. readers. Goodbye. <laughs> That's we just live in Deus Ex. We just live in cyberpunk. That's a thing. The, Electronic cigarettes. The thing about vaping is it's so. It's actually like in terms of like the environment that we all have to fucking live in. Fucking vape yeah, your pe- face off. But people so are now fa- holding it's- iPad minis like they're scrolling through weird videos and with their fingers while a robot cigarette is in their mouth. Like, <laughs> no, it's out of it's control. It's ridiculous, but at least I don't have to smell it. Someone vaping while wearing an Oculus Rift. inside my body. Yeah, no, cigarette like, smoke gives so me It's so much headache, fucking so better. Like, I'm vape. like, whatever. Fucking vape to your heart's content. <laughs> like, do whatever. Strap like, on just your vape. I mean, strap on your vape. Maybe just vape is a total Deus Ex situation. It's they give you little e-cigarette, they give you an Oculus Rift and some gloves, and you sit in that chair, but then you're inside of an amazing oh, yeah, vape yeah. emporium. Oh my god. Or it's like From a, all over the world. It's yeah, like, there's a, not it's one like a holodeck, store. and you're in like, you're like Picard going Now you the can toilet. smoke yes. in bars. Or whatever. Yeah, in a, like a crowded bar where you're the coolest Hill guy. It's a Dixon Hill Picard experience. Yeah, you just, you, well, it's just so you can, you can experience smoking indoors. Yeah. yeah. But like, it's cool. But like, it's cool. Well, yeah, there's like cool people in there with you, <laughs> like John Luke Picard. Yeah, like uh, Captain Picard is in there. <laughs> Captain Picard as Dixon Hill, of course. Wow, he's role playing. He is. That's true. Who as who? Dixon Hill. That was his 40s detective oh. uh, holodeck stuff. This is a solid uh, friend yeah. that we have going. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Dixon so uh, Hill. you bought that gun skin. <laughs> Yeah, back to our important video game conversation. No, I actually have a thing to say, which okay. is it was so refreshing to want to play a multiplayer game, which I realize are my favorite games. I yeah. think that's, that's just a pretty thing clear, for me I to think. S- no, shut up. <laughs> I'm not being sarcastic. I was a little patronizing. I didn't mean for it to be. Um, no, you, that's what you I'm love. just saying, like, I buy right. that. Like, I've decided, I was in the shower thinking about it and thinking about the next single player game I was really excited about, and it was just blank. It's Half-Life like, it's 3. Literally, Half-Life 3. Like, it's like... A Night in the Woods. The Witness. I'm excited about The Witness. In Steve's game. <laughs> like, and that's not because he's my friend. It's because I thought his, his teaser was really cool. Um, I went, like, and because oh, yeah, yeah, of, of Gamergate. 
And because <laughs> right. Gamergate decrees right. that I must be excited for it in the yeah, of course. Ouroboros of... We got that Gone Home IGF placard up in our office. We got Danielle here. We <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, you got it all. I should just take a photo of what I'm looking at right this second <laughs> while you're talking. Or while I'm talking. But, um... Oh, that's, that's, that's great. I'll pose in the core moments. Um, in no. that. No. So it was... It, I sat down and I wanted to play a video game. And then none of my friends were online to play uh, Dota with... And then I was like queued up in the, you know, the cesspool of, of the pubs. <laughs> and then I realized that I didn't have to. I know that's a fucking crazy, stupid thing to say, but I was like, oh, I don't have to do, I don't have to play this. I can play another game. And then I loaded up CSGO and I realized like, my commitment was in and out. Like if I wanted, if I yeah. got pissed off, I'd leave. Nobody cares. Yeah. I'm playing casual. It's fun. I'm just running. It was like, it did all the same things. I was having fun. It was so good. And then I ended up playing with Ollie and a bunch of his like artists. Oh friends. yeah. Ooh. I got a message asking me to play. It was so fun. Oh, yeah. I got a message. Time. Like I made too. friends. I got like five new yeah. friend invites and like people from like, oh, I know you because I know your work from blah, blah, blah. The guy who did the, um, that 3D model of the character, like one of the side characters in our game you saw. Oh yeah. Yeah. He was in there. Talked to that guy for a while. And it's, way chiller it's not like playing dota where the f- sorry our the phone, phone was not it's getting hot in the office all of our phone was melting <laughs> off the walls it's again. not like chill. like i can't have a conversation with brad muir while we're playing dota unless we're both dead or in the lobby <laughs> we're like we can like i don't know it was really great i mean i know everybody's played like lots of first person shooter multiplayer stuff so you know what the, that is like but i had just forgotten sure. with the Social yeah. aspect and what the pace of those sorts of games can be. Yeah. It was really enjoyable. That's cool. Makes me want there to be a game that has that tickles all the same sensors that isn't just like abject murder, but right. whatever. <laughs> For now. <laughs> I wonder yeah, I wonder there must be games that, that are that do fulfill that. That have the pacing of Counter Strike though, because Counter Strike yeah. I mean yeah. I'm sure mm. I'm sure there's quite a lot of so games much that have of it, the So much of about it is that you die and then the round's over. Or, like, for you, it's over. Mm-hmm. Right, but it doesn't necessarily have to be you just blowing away no, terrorists and counter-terrorists with I guns. But it was, like, the same fun you'd have, like, playing um, multiplayer balloon Mario Kart, you know? It has that same sort oh, of sure. round's over, sure, I'm out, okay, whatever. Yeah. But yeah. there's nothing like that. There's nothing that I can... That has a critical mass of audience exists on the PC that's like that, really. So. You were definitely not into Apogee Software's Wacky Wheels scene. <laughs> I wasn't deep into that. <laughs> if there, if, if the someone does, I would scene. be curious to hear reader suggestions for something, for other games that are like this that are not sort of war-themed, I guess. I'd be yeah. curious Or to couch hear. co-op, because I'm thinking of a few games that kind of scratch that itch, but they're all, you know, It's not the same as being alone in your house with a headset yeah. <laughs> strapped on, talking yeah. to your friends over the internet. It is a different feeling. It is a totally yeah. different feeling. It is. <laughs> With a couch co-op, you have to talk to the person on the couch. You, you can't, do, and you have to smell You can't them. be dead and then also <laughs> yeah. just go fuck around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My, I've, I've realized what... You to smell them. You do. I, one of the things... Because, Sean, you and I have very... You know, like, our tastes definitely overlap in a, in a lot of ways, you know, across various kinds of entertainment. But one way in which they differ is definitely that I just don't have... It's, it's so hard for me to commit to playing anything multiplayer these I didn't used to be this way but for some reason now I am it's hard for me to commit to playing a multiplayer game even if I know it's going to be over in like under 10 minutes there's something for some reason in like that just makes it makes me so unenthused to like have other people have to rely on me for like 
any period of time. It has nothing to do with how long it is. It's just this like sensation yeah. of, I don't know. The you don't want the personal commitment of a human being that you might slight when you leave. <laughs> yeah. Or like What's that- funny is having played multiplayer games with you, I know th- I, I knew this to be an emotional fact, but not a logical fact in that you're never in a good mood or stoked. Like you're just sort of like, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll do that. Uh, sort of like always ending on a on a halted breath, right, like you're yeah, gonna yeah. just <laughs> fucking disappear. Yeah, CS:GO is really fun to play with a group of people and have an open Steam channel with. And, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. And I, you have that thing where like you're the last person on the map and there's three guys left and your buddies are in your ear being like, "Don't fuck this up, come on!" And then you yeah. do it and you like take out the three guys and it's just ah! <laughs> you know. And then you're back to talking about like whatever illustration yeah. or whatever. Yeah, it's really yeah. fun illustration. So Danielle, you played a, a usual a million games. I yes, assume. there what are three. There are three I would like to highlight today, okay. and they're from Wait, all are, over the spectrum. First, say what all three of them are because I'm curious. First. Okay, I played Alien Isolation's new mode, Salvage Mode, which huh. is out today. I didn't today. know there was one. It's pretty cool. I'll tell you about it. I played <laughs> on the <laughs> on the Idle Thumb stream right before I went on vacation. I played Lost Constellation, which is the Night in the Woods little DLC side story, which was oh, yeah. pretty rad. For what? For Night um, in the Woods. Oh, for Night in the Woods. Sorry. Yeah. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. For Night yeah, in the Woods. Yeah. I would describe it as a Night in the Woods sort of side story. <laughs> yeah. To, yeah. Uh, but that- they oh, kind of just like through. That's something they put together as like a, almost like a it's promo like, for the game. It's like yeah, pre DLC, isn't it? Because the game isn't yeah. out, right? Yeah, and it was. I think it was really inexpensive too, so it's just kind of like a little gift. And it was like right. It was either right, right before Christmas or like Christmas Day that it came out. <clears> so yeah. it was like a little. Here's a little present, which was really nice. And then I played on the tiniest end of the spectrum. I played a really goofy, funny little made in a week or whatever game called Not, which is an astronaut simulator on Mars where you nice. do all sorts of goofy things. Which which of those, to get it in before the break, which of those is the most compact not. description? Easily. Right, easily Not. Okay. I want to hear about Not. Not, as in astronaut or cosmonaut. I would not, not hear about Not. Chris. <laughs> <sighs> Oh, well, I will not not tell you about Oh, my us. God. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Let's just let that. them. Let's just and see where you. this goes. <laughs> so it was made by three French developers. They're part of uh, the Klondike Collective, which is like a small I wonder if they pronounce it arty. not or like no. Oh, that's a good question, actually. I don't know. I should ask them. <laughs> oh! Oh, that's cute. I do not know. <laughs> do not 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 know. Please, we. <laughs> okay, it's it's a really tiny little you know it was made in a game jam by these three people, cool. um, and it is sort of like this neon pink and purple vision of Mars. You play as a little astronaut or cosmonaut, or they I'm have not. a cool name. Actually, French astronauts are known as spationauts, I believe. It's what? actually a really cool, interesting, Sweet. weird little name, um, and you can play co-op it's much more fun as a co-op is it game a side-scrolling thing is it no it's a 3d down? game it's first um, person third person it's third person 3d and it actually has a very cinematic camera angle like you are always your astronaut cosmonaut space is always sort of on the right of the frame so oh. when you're running around it looks very huh. cinematic and very pretty Interesting. um you kind of walk like a toddler because of the gravity supposedly like space program a little bit it's a little kerbally um but you can run and you can get into a 50s style cadillac 
uh, and drive around the landscape. It's it's like goofy <laughs> physics. There's right. lightning. It, yeah. and there's so it's this, just bonkers. It's not meant. It's to a be, bonkers, yeah. wacky little game. But there is sort of this sense of like what do you do nobility it? to it. You basically explore. You look at things. You fall over. You your car so it's flips. Just a sandbox. And you keep, it's not. There's not a goal. Yeah, it's okay. it's really kind of a sandbox. What do you mean by nobility? The soundtrack is this epic, almost like chariots of fire oh, man. sense to it. And, it, and it changes dynamically with oh, what cool. you're doing. Nice. So it's actually really yeah. like that's great. You feel like you're playing this goofy, weird, arty French sandbox game, but there's this this piano soundtrack in the background to it that like really just it feels epic when you're playing that's awesome. it. I've, I have no sense of what this is. I know it's it's a it's a Not bit in difficult a bad way. To, <laughs> to capture it all and, uh, without actually showing you visually what it looks like, but it's so there, this is pro- this comparison probably doesn't actually bear out, but purely because I mentioned Kerbal, sure, uh, just as almost jokingly, uh, and because it's a space game, um, <clears throat> and because you you said. <laughs> You referred to the sort of nobility yes. of, of this. One of my favorite things about Kerbal is how it's about it's about these weird, goofy, little, stubbly yes. little people. Creatures. Who, yeah. Creatures who kind of just like stumble around and make spaceships that blow up all the time because <laughs> you're bad at the game. Yeah. Like by you, I mean everyone almost. And, but, and, and they almost seem like helpless, kind of. A lot of the time, but then when you pull off a really incredible launch and like make it into outer space and get to another planet and like if you holy shit land on another planet, the it like wraps around to being way more majestic than it would be if it were like highly detailed, like yeah, exquisitely rendered human characters because absolutely you, when when you're like. You know, you've got the heat shield on, you're breaking through an atm- the atmosphere, and, like, you see the face on the Kerbal, and they're just, like, <laughs> determined, and they're going to do it. And then yes. you actually do it, and you're like, holy fuck me, this is the most, <laughs> like, actually inspirational po- thing I've, I've, I like, could possibly imagine. Yes! And then it's you don't incredible. have enough fuel to get back, and they die, and wacky, they fall <laughs> over and stuff, but until then... But in that moment, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. really something special. Yeah. There's, there's, this is not nearly as involved as I'm, as Kerbal, well, but right. I mean, but there clearly. is a touch of that that yeah, it feels like, right. oh, I, I made it to the car because learning how to walk and learning how to run. Oh yeah, that's a great it's, feeling. It's pretty, it's pretty goofy in this game as well. So On that note, speaking of good. games where you have to learn to walk and run and that have chariots of fire in them, yes, Quap. Uh, Quap. <laughs> the most. Epic as we of construct games. the most idiotic Venn diagram imaginable. <laughs> Uh, that is totally a game where it's like cartoonish like and ridiculous. So, this, so not is the center of the Venn diagram of Kerbal Space Program and Quop. <laughs> I don't know if that that's a check that might be might be a little. Oh, I was up. imagining all three of these games have a circle. Yeah, oh, the one's in the middle. The, oh my god, uh, something perfect magical. Game. Yeah, just, <laughs> something exactly. magical. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Me, the event I'm horizon of Chris Remus. Your face. Yeah. <laughs> Making a Kerbal face. Yeah. Like that's what it is. You Gold in the middle. glow underneath. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I can't not bring up Quap though. If someone talks about learning to run in a game and it has chariots of fire, but then if you if you zoom in on Chris's face, you realize that it is another Venn diagram. But if you look closely, it's a circle and just says Spelunky. (laughs) (laughs) And then you zoom out, and the other Venn diagram is gone. (laughs) Oh, it's excellent. Shall shall we break? Well, then you zoom out further and you see that the three circles (laughs) of the Venn diagram are actually a Mickey Mouse head, and it's labeled Danielle. Yes. Video game.
This episode is brought to you by NatureBox, the delicious snack delivery service that will bring tasty treats right to your home or office. And if you use the promo code THUMBS by going to naturebox.com slash THUMBS, you can get a free NatureBox sampler pack, uh, which comes with four samples plus a full-size NatureBox treat of your choosing. Found out over the break that my little sister is a NatureBox subscriber. Whoa. Nice. Not an Idle Thumbs listener, though. <laughs> so she <laughs> so she missed out on that sweet deal probably. Right. She's not in that Venn diagram. But uh, I definitely went through a about a half a bag of the honey mustard pretzels while watching oh, those are good. the uh, first round of the uh, college football playoff, which was great. Two quick things to say about Nature Box. <laughs> it's important. One, I think oh. they're in Canada now. Whoa. Which they weren't for a while. Oh, you okay. used to get readers who who Nature Box News. Yeah. <laughs> In Canada now, Nature Box Canada. Also, they have like oatmeal, like little oatmeal cups as well. Like, oatmeal cups now like, available. You can make like hot <laughs> hot oatmeal from their that little oatmeal lovely. cups. Naturebox.com slash thumbs. That's what you want. Just get live that, that dream. That sweet sweet offer. Video game. We'd also like to thank a brand new sponsor to the podcast. Yay. It's MeUndies. MeUndies sells underwear on the internet, and they have a ton. I almost said a buttload. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Let's just leave I it in. I think you should. <laughs> and keep going. I think you should. Fill MeUndies with your buttload. Okay. So, <laughs> MeUndies. MeUndies. That is M-E-Undies. Yes, it is. And they uh, do underwear and cotton basics. Of a very high quality of super soft cotton sent straight to you at your home or office or anywhere. Shirts, briefs, boxer briefs, boxers, ladies, underpants of various types. Ooh. And the thing that's that I was immediately taken by with them, because when we get a new sponsor, we go and like figure them out, is their website is incredibly well made, beautiful looking, and the patterns they have for socks, underwear, at least socks and underwear are really awesome. They have a guarantee if you're not happy with it, your first pair is free. Good thing to know. Go to MeUndies.com slash thumbs, 20% off, and free shipping. That's a great deal. These yeah. are some great patterns. I'm looking at the patterns right now. Yeah, There's aren't they like really great? Stuff. Yeah, Lots they're really yeah. stuff. good. stuff. Colors. That is MeUndies.com. In a hit nighttime procedural, that would be the medical examiner. MeUndies. <laughs> awesome character. <laughs> Played by B.D. Wong. Yeah, always <laughs> yes. just... Living life in the most maximally comfortable way. Thanks, MeUndies. We really appreciate the support. <laughs> again! <laughs> That's so oh, fuck you. Uh, I did it again. I didn't even mean to. That's two. Video game. That's what I said. Under his skills on his like actor's <laughs> resume. It's like, hor- it's like stage fighting, horseback riding, <laughs> command- farting on command. <laughs> <laughs> he walked in nine years ago to Matt Weiner's office and just... <laughs> and walked out. <laughs> The way you said stage fighting, horse fighting, farting on command reminded me of of the uh, Lord of the Rings, like, potatoes, boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew. (laughs) Farting on command. (laughs) Stage fighting, horse riding, farting Farting on on command. command. (laughs) Beat poetry. And then Gollum says, what's farting, precious? (laughs) Video game.
Uh, and we're back. I'm so glad to be back. Tell, I learned so much about cars. So you, you have two other games. I really want to know about the scavenge mode. What is it? Scav- yeah, salvage mode. Salvage mode in Alien Isolation because yes. I played Alien Isolation quite a bit and like just I didn't I didn't enjoy the game the same way you did. I don't but, think anybody did. I think I might be the well. You are the apex the of most people who in liked love. it. But a, okay. a lot of people did really. I know like what that. that I know what that feels like. Fuck, yeah. fuck right too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I understand. Well, okay. It's a new mode. It's out today, I believe. It's their third of five DLC things. Uh, and I think this is the best so far, actually, personally. So, salvage mode. In salvage mode, you start out in a safe room, which is actually safe. Like at least, that. at least as far as I've played it, it's been safe. Um, and you is get this a single player mode. Sorry, this you is a single player okay. mode. Yes, yes, this is single player. Um, you get your objectives. You get to choose from sort of branching objectives from a terminal. They're very simple things. It's just go here, do a thing, and then whatever. The whole point is really to get you to basically kind of play around with the AI. Like it's get to an objective, do your objective, and get back without dying. You only get one life to do any of this. Uh, and you get points if you successfully complete your objectives without dying, without getting killed by the alien, basically. Uh, and you can put those points towards a save slot or not and keep getting points. So oh. the whole idea is like it's kind of a score attack oh. mode yeah, 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 yeah. with oh, the alien AI, sort of thing. Yeah, which yeah. is really cool, honestly. Um, so it really honestly is like a playground with the creature. I'm interested in that. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it, yeah it's, I like that. It's, you know, I love this game so much because of, because of its story mode, because of what its story was, mm-hmm. but I also think that the greatest single feature of it was the AI, the alien AI. So this is sort of a way of playing with that and sort of doing the whole, well, the way the game sort of worked, the save system was a little bit of a risk versus reward thing because you never knew when you were saving if the alien was nearby, you could totally get killed, you could totally get screwed by that. So in this, it's like, well, do you want to save? If you want to save, you can cash in a whole bunch of points or not and get a big score and Mm -hmm. do the whole leaderboard thing if you're interested in that. Or you can save and actually be able to keep playing. So I think it's really cool. I think it's really well designed. Nice. Um, The objectives themselves are nothing special. It's like go to a place, pick up a thing, you know, or restart a generator. It's it's sort of the same stuff that's in the game. Uh, But it... The whole point being, you get to sort of play with the AI in a new way. How long are you generally lasting in in salvage mode? Like, well, how, like I, how long does it take you to go and complete an objective and come back? And then how how many yeah. revs do you make it before you just before you eat it? So for me, and I actually played this next to the creative director of the game, which was exciting for me because he was giving me tips the whole time. Um, for me, when I played, I made it past I think three of the objectives. So going to go mm-hmm. get an objective and come back three times before I totally ate it. And, I, and it was because I panicked because it was a human encounter. Uh, primarily, most of these were, were alien encounters, just aliens, uh, or just the single alien and nothing else in right. the environment. Yeah. But this was a human encounter that I just totally panicked and, yeah, <clears throat> died at their hands and then totally lost everything because I hadn't saved. So that you're was... Playing it, you're playing You're taking a risk. I did. I was taking the risk, not not cashing in, and it... And it it uh, really bit me in the ass there a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's it's really variable. It, it kind of totally depends on your skill. And this is totally not for anybody new to the game. This is definitely for like somebody who's played the game on at least normal, maybe hard, and like knows what they're doing, that kind of thing. Sure. So, right. Yeah. It's really good. I really like it. How much, do you know how much is it, does it cost? $7, I think. Interesting price yeah, point. Six ninety nine, something like that. I could yeah. be wrong, but I think that's what it was. So. Cool. Yeah. 
It's cool that if you're into this game, like it seems like their yeah. DLC plan is to keep doing interesting, <clears throat> yeah. like life. At this point, too, things. a lot of people probably yeah. are just getting it from being a season pass customer. Is that right? I think like, so. I think if you because yeah. it's if if oh, it's sort of in yeah. planned DLC, you might have just <clears throat> bought the Alien Isolation Plus season pack pass pack, and then you played the yeah. other the, the pre DLC for Night in the Woods. Yeah, this was really a. Delightful Can you actually talk experience. about Night in the Woods really quick? Like, yeah, I would yeah. like to hear a de- yeah. general overview of this first. Yeah. Sure, I mean it's it's like a two D adventure game. It's very colorful. Uh, it's so it's. God, what is his name? Scott. I'm sorry, I'm blanking on this person. What a name. category of person is it? Uh, he is a developer. He made this game. What else has he done? Something else? Is there a reason we'd know his I name? I believe this is his first. Okay, game. so there's no reason we'd know. No, it's who we it's a sort of it's sorry. a it's a 2D no, okay. side scrolling yeah. thing, but it it like it has the sort of fidelity of Broken Age, sort of where it looks oh. very much like like yeah. a sort of children's storybook or independent comic style come to life but it's an entirely in a 2d setup it is, yeah. and it uses platformer controls but i get the imp- i haven't played it. i've just yeah. seen it played at festivals and stuff i get the impression that it's kind of it is like an, it's adventure, more of an game. adventure game it just has full mm-hmm. character control and, and okay. but you're like so jumping off telephone wires and walking on rooftops and stuff but yeah a little bit the cave ish kind of that sort of thing okay um but yeah and it's very pretty it's also and, a flat illustrated look and a lot of the little characters in it are animals but it's not written as a sort of children's game it's written as you know uh, he's in his 30s or whatever um and the person you're thinking of is scott benson that's it scott benson that's why okay i'm sorry scott benson he's the illustrator yeah well also with a guy named alec holoqua i feel like i've seen both of these people on twitter yes Yes. you have for sure bombs he's bombs fall on twitter scott is at least okay that's the audio See? from Night in the Woods no, playing delightful. on my phone for absolute. Okay, let's go ahead and start. So, one of the big draws of this game is that it's uh, the writing is quite good, and or cool. supposedly I've only played little tiny pieces of it, and I played this obviously this little uh, side story in it. But it's also it's balancing sort of a cute, quirky little aesthetic with it deals with you know I believe one of his friends died or something like that. So it's sort of dealing with death in a in a mature but still sort of overall bittersweet way instead of just a you know morbid sad kind cool. of eulogy so uh it's, it's pretty cool and this dlc actually or dlc whatever side story actually did the same thing uh so you are a little uh crocodile or alligator i'm not sure i i would have could to check on that could be yeah could be a what caiman caiman could be it's a subspecies of crocodile mm-hmm. i believe lives in south america that's right entirely possible like um the caiman islands um, it's C-A-I, different, I think. Spelled differently. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. That's a different crocodile. <laughs> <laughs> different different croc. Different kettle of fish right there. Kettle of is, croc. Is this, is this like side story thing? Is this a promotional thing? Or like, what is the... Why did they do this ahead of the actual main game? I think this is a Kickstarter backer bonus. And oh. also you could buy it if, you know, if you're right. just interested in the game. It was really inexpensive. I think it was only like $3 or something. Huh. That still it's seems like, a, like an odd thing... To do not that it's there's anything wrong with it. It's just yeah. like if you're make if you're trying to make a game, that's it feels like. I guess my main frame of reference that it's not the same thing at all. But like one of the things that sometimes happens when you're working on a game is you get really sidetracked with working on the like expo demo. Oh sure, like you know yeah, the, yeah. the version of it that you're going to bring along to show people, and that version kind of then ends up just becoming its own thing. You sucks up a lot of your time totally and you actually make a lot you tell yourself like oh we're going to totally like make real progress on the game while we're doing this but in reality like the problem set ends up diverging a bit and like you end up putting a lot of effort into this special case thing that isn't actually the main thing that you're supposed to be using your time to work on 
Um, and I, I mean, like, I know this is different because it's a very, very small team and they can just do whatever they want, really. Yeah. Um, but it just seems surprising that they would do that before rather than after the game is done. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it kind of came out of nowhere, too. I I'm didn't. Sure they have a good I wasn't reason. aware of it until, it like, people were actually talking yeah, about yeah, yeah. it. So, um, yeah, I mean, in that sense, it seems like it's pretty successful because I've had people bring this thing up to me multiple times. And Night in the Woods was sort of in my periphery. Like, sure, I knew I've heard about of it. it. Yeah. yeah. And then when this pre-DLC or whatever, this, like, little piece of content came out that was playable and c- complete, yeah. um, it bubbled up. So now I will, I'm much more aware of yeah. purchasing the game when it comes out. So it could be, like... How, how long does it take to play through this whole thing? Oh, maybe an hour and a half or okay, so. Cool. It, right. It's a decent little chunk of, yeah, yeah, yeah. of game. Yeah. And it's, you know, side-scrolling little adventure game with a tiny bit of platformer elements, but it's really how was the, like How was the theme and the writing and stuff like that? I think it was excellent. And is, it, is it relatively serious despite your, like, 2D, almost like, like very uh, clean, illustrated animal characters? It is. I mean, there's certainly goofy elements to it. You know, you definitely, right. there's a cat. You're going into the woods. You're going into a part of the woods where it's always winter or perma-winter or, or something <laughs> terrible is going to happen. There's a, you know, a sassy cat who's kind of like, you're probably going to die. You know, sassy cat. all that kind of sassy stuff. cat, then. So nasty cat, one of my favorite cats. It, it's definitely quirky. <laughs> you know, everybody's an animal character. Right. But there's especially the ending. And, yeah, and yeah. I think it's handled really well. And it's it's very... I don't know. I got a lot out of it, and I thought it was kind of handled lightly. It's kind of like a deft touch kind of thing, you know. All yeah. the animals, all the characters are animals, but they're still believable. I still cared about them. And There's the this great very sort of like a, it's um, a graphic novel called Duncan the Wonder Dog that a friend oh, yeah. of Jake and I's made named Adam Hines, that is all animals in a drama, but you instantly buy it, sure, in a way that it just. It's like a Pixar film, you know, where totally. it's like, oh yeah, these players yeah. are talking, gives a fuck. Like, I'm into the characters. I understand that this is actually about being alive. Absolutely. And um, I was always really impressed by that um, graphic novel. And then when I saw Night of the Woods, it sort of like tickled that same Absolutely. sort of like, oh, this is actually about things, yeah. even though it's representative, even though the characters it represents, people are whatever, ridiculous. Yeah. Um, that You know, Adam's actually working on, a, I don't know the name of the game, but I know the name of the studio. They're working on like a, a game that sounds sounds pretty cool. Adam mm-hmm. Hines was a writer at Telltale for a long time. Or nice. a little while, yeah. That's awesome. Well I would I would definitely recommend this. I played the whole thing on uh our uh Twitch channel in my Rhode Island accent, actually. So nice. there's, Perfect. there's that. Always good. Um and uh <clears throat> it was just very it was like a nice little Christmas present, that yeah. kind of thing. So cool. I would definitely recommend it if you're interested at all in that kind of thing. Nice. Uh, do we want to do reader mail? Is there yes. more? Are there more games? That is what we want. Oh, right. let's just do one or two. We get a lot of. There's a lot of ancillary. We do. Podcast. There's a lot of bullshit content waiting for you at the end of this <laughs> this podcast. If you thought this episode was something, wait till the rest of this episode. Get ready for yeah. the DLC, the pre DLC. You have it. You have it. Okay, right. wait. You know what? <laughs> you with this. Maybe we do one mega reader mail. All right. Because Danielle is here. Not that you wouldn't be here most Zero of the time. Zero out of thumbs. List every video game. <laughs> <laughs> Dear Idle Thumbs, this is from Allison Kyron Cole. Upon the encouragement of a coworker, I would like to share my experiences at Walt Disney World yes. as an oh, ex-cast member. Oh, oh my god. I'm excited. If you visited Walt Disney World in 2011, went to Epcot, and wandered into the mining cave in the Canadian Pavilion, where the film hosted by Martin Short screens, you may have met me. I was wearing a lumberjack outfit. Uh, if you haven't, I understand. No one likes visiting the Canadian Pavilion anyway. I do. 
Yeah, I heard you guys like the Canadian restaurant. We loved it. it which I don't it's even know Lee what Cellier. that is. It's it's a it's a steakhouse. All right. Well, <laughs> but I still like it because Disney always has stuff for vegetarians. It's actually quite lovely. Okay, well, that's yes. cool. Um, so she continues here. I spent a year of my young life working as a professional Canadian. I have a pile of interesting stories about the work. Seeing a drunk man bathing nearly naked in the Canadian waterfall, check. Being asked to write people messages in Canadian every day. Getting in trouble for telling draft dodging jokes, yep, and more of 1812 jokes too. Uh, I'm sure you've heard plenty of these. I have not, by the way, I'm going to interject. Or more of 1812 goofs. <laughs> what I can feel is, what I feel I can uniquely offer is stories of living in Disney-owned housing. I was in a housing unit called The Commons. It is where Epcot International cast members live for the duration of their time at Walt Disney World. With the exception of the Moroccans, they have their own house rumored to be somewhere nearby, but I never saw it myself. <laughs> what? I know literally Good. nothing about any of this, by the way. This is this all is new amazing. to me. I don't know if, Danielle, you know any of this. Oh, no, yes. Zero percent of this was I've, familiar I've read to me. some exposés from okay. cast members. The Americans about were in the house. Moroccan house. <laughs> Not that about the Moroccan like house, That sounds like happens, yeah. man. I'm going to that Moroccan house. The Americans were in housing a few kilometers away. It was claimed to be for logistical reasons, but we were pretty sure it was so we didn't end up engaged or pregnant and with green cards. <laughs> to give you an idea about the culture of this place, almost every country from Epcot has two drinking teams, one for the girls and one for the boys. Every Monday, two of these teams teams would drink against each other. Each country had different rules associated with their team. The Norwegian boys team, for example, would go to a bar that provided them each with a bucket because it was mandatory to drink until you threw up. What prompted, oh, this my God. what prompted this email was not this, but the recovery of my old housing guidelines for my parents' place over the holidays. I am excerpting interesting bits, but I have attached a scanned copy of the original pages if you care to glance through them. Uh, I will do that. Somebody didn't read her Disney non-disclosure agreement. <laughs> this is a selection of the many rules we were required by our very specific work visa, often called the Disney visa, as Walt Disney World worked with the U.S. government to create them specifically for Epcot to live by. I will share the mayhem behind the magic, or what I like to think of as the true magic. One, possession or usage of any explosives, fireworks, incense, candles, firearms, and or weapons are prohibited. This seems a- <laughs> Incense and firearms in the same bucket's yep. kind of intense. This that seems- sounds like Disney. <laughs> <laughs> this seems innocuous until we were informed that water guns and lightsabers in a place that hosts a Star Wars weekend are included in what is considered a weapon. Two, Walt Disney World Resort, a division of Walt Disney Parks and Resorts U.S. Incorporated, may in its sole absolute and unfettered discretion terminate my living experience at the housing property for any reason <laughs> whatsoever experience. or for no reason, with or without cause. If Walt God. Disney World Resort exercises its right here under, I shall immediately leave the house properties in accordance with the terms hereof. In a bag. <laughs> in a Disney bag. It sounds like they literally wrote themselves a license to kill. That's you fucking... should keep listening to this email. <laughs> Once our living experience was, quote, terminated, we had until 11 a.m. the next morning to be out. This often involved being terminated or fired from work. When this happened, they reported the end of contract to immigration, and you not only had to be out of housing, but out of the country within 24 hours. Management has three. Management has the right to enter, inspect, and photograph all areas of the apartment, including lockers, without notice. The surprise inspections involved them knocking on the door, walking into the living room, blowing a whistle, and giving less than a minute to get decent. Then they inspected. Four, distribution of literature, written or verbal, by participants or their visitors without management's written permission is strictly prohibited. This pretty much sums up the Disney mindset. Wait, what was the last one again? Distribution of literature? Yeah. Yes. Written or verbal, yes. So I couldn't give... <clears throat> oh my goodness. Five. Uh, <laughs> five. Uh, I'm going to read... She puts her explanation before this, but I think it's better to put their explanation <laughs> after. Um, oh wait, no, you know what? I'll read it first. F- five. Five. The TLDR on this is, I think I gave Disney World the right to murder me. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I added the bold to make a sentence that is readable without the jargon, but they added the caps. I will, I will, I will tell you when the capital letters start. Okay. In consideration of my living experience in the housing properties, I will assume all risks associated with my living experience. Further, I, for myself, my heirs, executors, administrators, successors, and assigns, hereby, this starts in capital, Disney capitalizes this, release, acquit, forever discharge, and hold harmless Walt Disney World Resort price management, their parents, related affiliate and subsidiary companies, predecessors, successors, shareholders, officers, directors, representatives, agents, employees, and insurers for each of the foregoing, collectively the release parties, from all liabilities, demands, attorney's fees, claims, costs, damages, expenses, actions, or causes of action of any nature whatsoever, whether known or unknown, and whether fixed or contingent, arising out of or in any way connected with my living experience at the housing property, including, without limitation, personal injury, including death, property damage, and criminal acts on my person or property. I understand that this release includes, without limitation, any and all claims based on negligence, action, or inaction of any of the released parties and covers bodily injuring, injury, including death, and property damage, whether suffered by me or my possessions before, during, or after the experience of my living experience in the housing properties, end quote. Oh, God. Yeah. You know why you can't find that Moroccan house? <laughs> It's they it's, fucking burned it to the ground. <laughs> and as long God, as you know law enforcement doesn't realize it's arson, there is nothing those no, families can do. You know what the Moroccan do. house is? It's where you go when you when you turn 30 in Logan's Run. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Guys, I just got transferred to the Moroccan house. I've heard Goodbye. that's where the real parties are. And then there's one guy that goes, oh. Yeah. <laughs> the connected guy. That the guy's being incredible. groomed to be an executive uh, person still held under this agreement. <laughs> Some other fun facts. We weren't allowed to open our windows. Bikes, skateboards, rollerblades were prohibited. We were never allowed guests after 1 a.m. We lived with eight people in a four-bedroom apartment. Rent came out of your paycheck, so if you didn't work enough, you would actually lose money on payday. You had to carry your ID with you at all times and be ready to hand it over when asked. I hope this all sheds some light how we lived in international harmony in the Disney housing units. On another note, I'd like to say you guys are amazing. I found myself unable to listen to most podcasts. So having one of intelligent, <laughs> witty, well-thought-out opinions and a space for the voice of a strong, clever, queer woman is a lifesaver for me. Oh, thank if you'll be at IndieCade East... Okay, well, anyway, she, goes we on. Um, she has a dev team. She'll be at IndieCade East with her dev team. She doesn't say what her dev team is or what her game is, but um, anyway, Allison, Allison Cole. Good. Oh, that was amazing. amazing. Well done. Oh, my God. I had a... a- a cousin she was an animator at disney back when at mgm now hollywood studios um was an actual production facility she drew fun fact uh the gargoyles in the hunchback of notre dame those are really incredibly well done thank you sorry that thank there, you. there was actually a really amazing gargoyle gargoyle scene that was cut from the movie that was there um, yeah she probably drew it's that. not here nor there yeah she, she drew that she drew the uh mulan's father in mulan Ooh, as I've well as mulan. uh I think the parents and tar- the parent gorilla and Tarzan. Huh. Anyway, I didn't see that one. Uh, so we got to go behind the scenes sometimes and, and chat with cast members. Although these you were, were like the higher up cast members, so there were like animators in the right, right, facility right. and everything. But they had some weird stories too about I Disney bet. being quite interesting. I mean, th- this is like a this is like a early twentieth century company town that runs on script. That's what this yeah, that's basically. what this feels like. It's crazy. <laughs> yep. Oh, God, Disney. 
It's the most interesting place in the world. <laughs> if you have any other insane insights into the <laughs> like contractual dealings of Fortune 500 companies, <laughs> please email us at questions at idlethumbs.net or hit us up on Twitter at, at idlethumbs. <clears throat> How you doing, Jake? Good. You going to put a button on this cast? Yeah. You want yeah. to talk about your car for like 20 minutes? <laughs> yes. All right, here we go. Great. Oh, one thing. Before we before, hold on, before we talk about my car, which I'm really excited to do. <laughs> Jake loves talking about his car. Um, we talked about was it last week that we talked about Fibbage? Yes. A lot of people actually played it on that recommendation, but it turns out that the Jackbox oh, yeah. Party Pack is on Steam for PC and as of last week Mac. Whoa. So you can also just play that on that a computer. Oh, yeah, did you? I specifically talked Son about Son of a it. bitch. Yeah. I thought I thought you did okay. I thought no, we didn't I, find that out. I did afterwards. because remember I said that I, it was cool how you don't need like often it's hard to play same screen stuff on PC because you don't have enough controllers oh, right. for that's your right. PC and everything. But sorry, the actual only news is that a Mac version also exists now. I guess. Yeah, no, that's good to know. A lot of people told us to play the drawing one, but we didn't. Um, also, someone does want to point out that even though we were put off buying uh, Fibbage, uh, we were put off buying the party pack because you had already bought Fibbage. Um, Matt Kernan and actually several other people wrote in to say the version of Fibbage that comes in the party pack is actually Fibbage XL, which contains 50% more questions than the original standalone version. They yeah. even prioritized the newly added questions so players of the earlier version wouldn't have to play through them again right at the beginning. Yep, that's good because uh, so I was already hitting repeats after playing a few rounds of the other one. And I've heard that I've heard that uh, Drawful is good. Yeah, it's really yeah. good. That's what yeah, yeah, said. yeah, I'd be curious to play more of these. Yep. Sounds like a party. Cool. Does sound like a party pack. Whoa. Uh, all right, cool. Well, if you like this podcast, you might want to tell a friend. We would appreciate it. Uh, also, feel free to rate us on iTunes. That helps a lot. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, at Idle Thumbs. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Idle Thumbs. We're on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash Idle Thumbs podcast. And you can send us email to be read at questions at idlethumbs.net. And I play games at Twitch. Oh, that's true. Twitch.tv slash idlethumbs. Yes, thank you for mentioning that. Uh, on that note, I want to hear about all the bullshit that happened to Jake's car. It's a great story worth sticking around for. Whoa. <laughs> oh, man, sorry. We're never going to end this podcast, but a new episode of Designer Notes. Oh, good call. Soren Johnson's podcast came out this week, and he talks to Frank Lance. Yes. Oh, nice. Uh, Frank Lance is super smart. He uh, was the founder of the uh, New York-based studio Area Code. It's now owned by Zynga. And I, I don't know what they've done recently. But, yeah, but, that was, but they that made was Drop 7. Drop 7, yes, oh, God, which is one of the all-time yes. great, not only mobile games, but one of the all-time great falling, Just like falling puzzle, puzzle games. games. Yeah, yeah. It, is, it is a brilliant, brilliant game. Frank Lance is really smart. Um, he has really interesting opinions about games and the theory surrounding game design. Just a really smart guy. And I have not yet heard Soren's interview with him on Designer No, Notes, but his other two episodes with Rob Pardo yes, were good. Yes, Rob so. Pardo episodes were good. Frank Lance is really smart. Always says good stuff. So if you go to idlethumbs.net slash designer notes, you can subscribe to that podcast, which is Soren's, Soren Johnson, the uh, lead developer of Civilization Four. It is his monthly podcast of deep dive, in-depth interviews with uh, other game developers. Yep. Rad. Last thing, there's a new episode of Dota Today this oh week where we talk to Cinderin from Dota Cinema. He's also a caster from TI3 and TI4, and he's fascinating. So if you like Dota, 
you should listen to this week's Dota Today. Oh, man, actually, sorry. It, up, it might not be up yet. When It'll be up this. by the end of the week. DotaToday.net. Got one more thing. Um, I want to tell you guys about my car. <laughs> <laughs> if the Nazis won World War II, the movie show Flipper would have been called Flitler. What a Nazi dolphin. That's the premise <laughs> of the next Armband that is fun as Flipper? <laughs> Oh man! DJ Blaskowitz goes. What he's flipper. like doing? It's like da, 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 da. yeah, he's just like but one, he's got one up. He's smiling <laughs> for oh, sure. No. <laughs> you remember how like how he'd summon? Did you ever watch Flipper? How he yeah, summoned him by turning the little crank underwater that made the noise? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I only imagine that would just be a German woman saying things over a PA. <laughs> in the, German, <laughs> the Nazi Flipper. Come to the dock. Yeah. Come to the dock. <laughs> it would just be like the the uh, the PA announcement from Half Life Two that is sort of like, <laughs> in the background, just like oh, I live in a bad place. <laughs> All right. Speaking of Flipper, did any of you see the '90s adaptation, the movie Flipper with no. Elijah Wood? Oh, I feel like I saw I it. So. You saw in it in the back of a van <laughs> on a road trip. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, the back of the van. Sorry. Oh, I was, like, what? <laughs> I you was said very in the back like of a van. Yeah. I thought you were going to say as an abductee. Yeah, I, I was worried. <laughs> I was being put in a windowless van and subjected to flipper. I the van had the windows, van and I essentially was an abductee, candy. except I was a child. You had TV. My parents were like, "We're going." My parents somehow bought like a giant <laughs> Ford Astro van that had a four inch by four inch television VCR with combo. like a VCR. Oh yeah. And yeah, we would watch movies in there a lot. Oh, when man. like we're driving to Spearfish, South Dakota to go to Mount Rushmore. That sounds because fun. I always when I was on yeah, road trips without been. the TV, I always saw the vans drive by and saw the glow of the TV and I was like, Oh man, to be that kid. <laughs> yeah. My parents had the van again that was not the camper and the Chrysler LeBaron that was not the convertible. That was my, my car in high school, stupid talking eighty nine LeBaron. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that LeBaron had a digital dashboard. It was like the future oh, yeah. of 80s cars, which sucks because it burned out one time when fucked. I was driving. You're I was like, okay, I have nothing. Everything's gone. <laughs> Not just one thing is gone. It's all all data. I got a replacement dashboard for a junkyard and then took 50,000 miles off my car. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter, though, because after I went to college, my brother drove it around for a while, and then uh, it got a fuel leak and, and burned caught it. fire in the, <laughs> in the, in the, <laughs> the across street from my parents' house. My brother turned off the car. And, like, smoke started coming out of the vents. And he was like, oh, that's weird. And then, like, a bubble just popped on the hood. And he was like, oh, shit. Speaking of car trouble. Hold on. Well, he, he got out, ran inside, called 911, came back out as the windows melted. And then I guess the fire department had nothing to do, so they used it as a training exercise. <laughs> the fire chief came and just stood by as, like, new guys put out the car. <laughs> Oh, we don't have the van again because then, like, a m couple months later, maybe it was a couple months before that, I was dropped off at college. My brother drove home. In the van again? In the van oh, again. Oh, I know this story. Yeah. It almost and, killed your whole family. Yeah. Someone Holy someone shit. merged into him. He freaked Jesus. out, corrected, corrected the other way, and the car just did a 180 across <laughs> four lanes of freeway, Holy smashed shit. into the center divide. My God. So, like... All like I think he he like ran it off the the passenger side, then spun it around a couple times, overcorrected, overcorrected, and then ran the other side of the car into the divide. So basically, all sides of the car were smashed, both axles were bent, and then I guess the CHP officer tried to accuse my dad of being drunk and putting my brother in the driver's seat, <laughs> which made him really mad. At the end. So anyway, that's how both of my cars were destroyed. least likely oh person God. to ever get a DUI. Jake's dad. Yeah, that is true. Quiet, responsible, easygoing. Yeah. Anyway, good story, Jake. That's how that talking car and that van. You think you'll ever destroyed. own a car again? 
No. <laughs> I cannot. I, I can't blame you after that. Oh, no, no. You should know the news story. Oh, I don't even there's know. There's another one? The saga of my car is so stupid <laughs> and so long. I mean, this podcast is already gold. I don't even know if we're back from break. Um, I think we've do I tell back. the story of this fucking stupid car? Jake has, I will say, as his friend and roommate, had, still has, technically... It Volks like a ninety nine two thousand ninety nine ninety nine Volkswagen Golf. Okay, that when I first met him was nice, but it was full fine. of like garbage, garbage. Sure. Like just like sure. Burger King, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and um, no offense to you, whatever, man. You live your life. Um, you do you. It's fine. And then um, it kind of started to go. The harder we worked on Walking Dead, the more sure. disrepair the car started to go into. <clears throat> Walking Dead finished. Jake was living in the city. Jake puts a bunch of money into the car. Back to Cherry. It's a nice car at that point. Nice. Beautiful. Seven hours later, it gets (laughs) sideswiped on Fulton and rips the mirror off. No! And basically, that is what has continued to happen to Jake's car. Every time, (laughs) it just sort of gets, like, smashed into the earth by forces that are outside of his control. Also, I He gets it to a point, like, a critical point of, like, okay, I think the car is either going to be going to the landfill or I'm going to just clean it up and sell it. And then he usually cleans it up and sells it. Or clean it up and don't sell it. Yeah. And tries it, yeah, and doesn't sell it. I feel like this has basically been happening to Jake. The entire time I've known him, which has been, which is like 13 years at this point. <laughs> you knew when I had that Jetta. I knew when you had the old Jetta, the old white Jetta, which also <laughs> seemed like it was perpetually just getting owned. Yeah, like, I met you in 2008, and oh, this man. has definitely been so, part of okay. our story since I met <laughs> so, you. <laughs> I've owned two Volkswagens in my life, and both of their lives have ended <laughs> with something happening that causes a bunch of water to get inside of the car, because that Jetta, <laughs> its last few days on Earth were... At the bottom of a lake. No. <laughs> the sunroof stopped working. <laughs> and then it rained inside of the car before I could plug it up. No. So it had the gross mold stank. Right. Whereas this car, the rainiest night we've had it in was like, years. There's the news warnings everywhere. Sarah, oh, this God, was that's a huge right. flood. Someone smashed the back window of my car the night of the superstorm. <laughs> they smashed my window, too. So oh I was God. I was on the fence where I was like, okay, maybe I should fix the the other mirror has since been broken after I fixed it. I was like, maybe I should oh, fix no. the other mirror, sell it. You know what? Maybe I'll just donate it to KQED. I think this car, it's just let's get it off my chest. Let's just get rid of this thing. <laughs> this cursed car. That week this flooded back window smashed, water dumps into the car. I, I you know, blot as much of it out with a towel as I can. I pull the water out of the trunk, tape it up, but I'm like, there's no there's just, but now they're a block away from the office. There's just yeah. a Volkswagen Golf with a white garbage bag yeah, taped yeah. into the hatchback and window. There's just mold and stuff inside the car. It's bad now. I, I went inside of it after I got it back from the impound lot. Um, <laughs> oh my God. Got to bury in the I left the, the car there long enough because the battery's been dead because I don't drive it to work anymore because it's broken. Again, a block away from the office. Jake lives three miles from the office. Yeah. It's a block away from the office. Yeah. It was finally. <sighs> I showed up with Dana's car with a big box that I was going to finally unload all of it. And this was the day that it was declared an abandoned vehicle and towed to Impound. <laughs> so I get it back from Impound. Five it's, tickets. That's what yeah, it takes. It's, I, got, I got it back from Impound. It five tickets. I'd been keeping track and then I lost track of a break. Um, I hate it. I got the car back, jumped it, drove it back over here, parked it in, on a different block. Took the tire uh, chalk off of it. Um, <laughs> this is the permanent line. Yep, it's tire <laughs> chalk. But <laughs> now I've discovered that I'm not in the correct time in my car's like registration cycle to be able to mark it 
as non-operational. So, to, but I also don't have the title to my car because my dad misfiled it like years ago. Oh no! Um, and so I went in to get a replacement title, and they said, "Oh, the lien holder that uh, provided the loan to buy this car ten years ago still has their name on it." So you've got to get paperwork from them. Got that? Um, I was in the process of getting that when it was towed. Let's just. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> but uh, then I went, got that taken care of, and now. Um, I have to do, like, three other additional steps. Basically, I've been to the DMV twice now, and every time I go back, they're like, this all seems to be in order. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, they no. they wrote me the piece of paper. They're like, oh, this will actually let you legally drive the car, actually, if you need to take it somewhere to get it serviced or anything. Oh, actually, sorry, I can't give this to you. <laughs> you need to pay a $14 fine at a different office and then come back, and then I can give you this piece of paper. <laughs> so, basically, at this point, it would be easier... For me to just scrape all identifications off my car and just back it into a landfill. Yeah. But instead, I'm going to pay hundreds of dollars to donate it to public radio. <laughs> oh, my God. It's This is going to be four figures by the time KQED gets a hold of this oh, car. Oh, yeah. Parking tickets. It definitely will be. If you Even if you just add up the impound and the parking tickets. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I bet it'll be 1200 bucks. I never you, just, buy a you literally should have set the car on fire and donated twelve hundred dollars to KQED. Yes, <laughs> I should have set the car. I should have figured out whatever it was that whatever caused my LeBaron to burn up yeah. in nineteen ninety nine. Whatever your brother that. did, <laughs> <laughs> get a, get arrested for like for insurance fraud. Right, it would actually then jump, and Big Daddy Antiques would burn down. And I'd be on the hook for like it's a Coen Brothers movie. Basically, was it your it's car like that a, we were in when we got rear-ended on the way to? Yeah. To E3. E3. Yes. Okay. That was the okay, this car. You, oh, man. Okay. So, that, okay. that Okay. We're just off in stupid town now. But, yes. So, that was. <laughs> that was your old Dwight Je- uh, Jetta. It was, it, was, it was tan. But whatever. Yeah. In, whatever. in that Jetta, we were at, going to E3, and then someone just went off the freeway and didn't notice that they were on the off-ramp. So, they just ran into the back of my car at, like, 50 miles an hour, which flattened yeah. the trunk. Yeah. Um, did, you, did you did you also have the hood damage? That was that was separate from that, but yes. So I I uh, my parents' neighbor worked at a body shop. We paid uh, him some money to stretch the car. I got like beat it into shape. It was great. And then like I think it was Comic Con. Yeah. Of like the same year, uh-huh. maybe someone merged right in front of me on the five in a huge SUV and slammed on their brakes, which sent the back of their car up in the air. And then my hood oh my went God. under the car. And then it sat down on it. Um, <laughs> Which then, like, I think multiple, like, police officers. <laughs> yeah, I picked you up at the airport that yeah. time, like, a decade ago. And that guy just kept saying, is that hood damage? Which you then said every time you got in my car for, like, a year. <laughs> but we were fucking fed up with my car at that point, including our body shop neighbor, who was like, I don't even know. He attached a chain to the front of the car, looped it around a lamppost, and we just backed up the car until the hood would close. <laughs> anyway... This is like the Babadook of cars. What about getting your name? Didn't the DMV <laughs> put your name down? Is <laughs> oh yeah, that was the thing. That's right. So I brought. God damn it! It was the DMV. It was the lead holder. It was the credit union that I got like a five thousand dollar loan to get this car ten years ago. They re- they listed my name on the proof of payment of loan form as Jacob Richard Rodkin, which is fine, except that the the form asks for last name, first name, middle name. <laughs> so they were like, uh, it says here that your name is Richard Jacob. <laughs> it's like, no. No. <laughs> like, Sorry, this is for a Mr. Jacob. And then I had to f- go find and fill out a separate form where I now, like, I probably have a pseudonym on record with the government because I had to say, I swear have you that. you ever done business? I swear that Richard, or that, like, it was like that Richard Rodkin Jacob is Jacob Richard Rodkin. So now, like, that may have existed in the DFB record as me. Rodkin is Jacob. God, if Jacob, Jacob ever kills somebody. Rodkin. 
It's going to be know. the full. If Jacob, hopefully, if I ever kill somebody, no, I think your Richard Rodkin Rodkin killed people. No, no yeah. it would be Richard Jacob. Yeah, yeah, it would be Richard Rodkin Jacob. <laughs> My dad is done. He's ruined. <laughs> Gamergate did not listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're back. Cars, my oh, I forgot that I actually owned a GTI in there somewhere, and it also was that the black one. Yeah, it was like dark, yeah. dark, dark green. That was one. Oh, like, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I always buy really cheap Volkswagens and treat them well for a while, and then they turn on me. <laughs> I don't know if that's them turning on you. No, that's that the one world. I actually listed. The yeah, the world. I put the for sale sign in that car and put it on the street, and then got out of my car, and the seatbelt ripped off. <laughs> And then in that week, the paint on the roof peeled off. <laughs> like, actually getting out of the fabric of the seatbelt just went... <laughs> it was incredible. How does that even happen? I don't know. It was I don't terrifying. I do understand. Uh, I'm never driving. Again. That was the one that had cheese in it that one time. Oh my god! What? Oh god! So we. <laughs>